Hello everyone, this is Jeffy Kennedy and I'm here with my first cup of whiskey. Mm. And it's Jameson, locally bought, which it turns out is way better than the Jameson you can get in, the, in America. I've become accustomed to saying that now. In America, which is how they refer to the states in Scotland. But I figure this is reasonably legit. It's not easy for me to podcast during my first cup of coffee time because we're usually, I'm usually with other people and we're usually getting ready to go somewhere. And it's 3.30 here in Ireland. So that's 8.30 at home, which is actually reasonably close to when I normally will be having my first cup of coffee. So, here I am, having a little whiskey. Only my second podcast since coming to Ireland. But, maybe I'll be able to do more now. The uh, conference is done with. Finished up yesterday. And today is, I should say, Tuesday, August 20th. You wouldn't know it for the weather. It's funny because everywhere we go, people apologize to us for the weather, <laughs> especially when they find out that we're from America. They're like, oh, from America, are you? Sorry about the weather. <laughs> Which, so far as I can tell, this is like typical Irish summer. Uh, it can be sunny first thing in the morning, almost promisingly so, with no clouds at all. And then with very little warning, it just sort of um, condenses, almost like fog coalescing. And before you know it, it's overcast. And then next thing you know, it's raining. Perhaps a mist or a drizzle or some greeting, although I recall that being mainly in Scotland. So this morning we checked out of the BMB, which really sounds like more than it was. All we did was pack up our stuff and lock the keys in the house and leave. And we took Corrine to the airport hours early, but she was happy to get a ride to the airport and happy to have time with her big pile of books that she had acquired, very happily acquired. And I think she needed some introverting time. She was tired. She had been at the conference Nonstop. I didn't go to the conference on Saturday and Sunday, uh, mainly because I'd figured out I wasn't going to be able to get into any panels. I didn't have any particular obligations. I would have liked to spend time with people more, but most of the people I wanted to spend time with I already had. The Friday afternoon session in the bar with Kelly Robson and Alex Della Monica, a bunch of other people were there too. Um, Zandra Rennick, Theodora Goss, Jennifer Uden showed up for a while. Did I mention her? Um, Carl Engelard, Kellen Sparrow was there. I chatted with Holly Black. That was really nice that I got to chat with Holly Black because I'd been seeing several reviews of early reviews of Orchid Throne comparing it to 
her, um, oh, what does she call it? Like her, you know, I should get up and look at it. The first one is The Cruel Prince. And I did buy a copy of The Cruel Prince. What is the name of her series? It's something of error, and it doesn't say it on the cover. The Bardugo called it a dangerous, a lush, dangerous, dark jewel of a book. That was a nice blurb from Lee. And what? We don't know what this series is called. How funny. Maybe they weren't sure when they printed this if they were going to do the whole series, although it seems unlikely. Anyway, it's something like Night in the Air or what have you. But at any rate, I um, had bought the book, and I told Holly when I saw her in the bar, I grabbed the book and asked her to sign it, and I said that Orchid Throne had been compared, even though Orchid Throne isn't about fairies per se. Clever readers amongst you may pick up certain themes. There's a challenge for you. Uh, but I showed her my Orchid Throne arc, and she agreed that it was her catnip, which was lovely of her, and that she's wanted a copy to read, although she did not want to carry a paper copy around with her, which is so very typical of all of us. Corrine took home a bunch of paper books, but for the most part, we're all... Most part, we're all like, fine, fine on paper books. <laughs> Give me digital. So anyway, my publicist is sending Holly a digital book, and that would be really lovely of her if she would say something. Uh, she and I had been on a panel together at World Fantasy Con in Toronto. Lo, these many moons ago. What year was that? Like 2014, maybe? Whenever World Fantasy was in Toronto, I'm sure you all could look it up. So it was, um, I'd moderated that panel. And sometimes when people ask me if it's worth going to conferences, it's like, well, you know, you're never going to get the direct ROI. And if you're looking for the direct ROI, it's probably not worth it to you. You know, people want to say, well, will I sell X number of books to generate Y income to cover my Z expenses. And it's like, yeah, if you do the math that way, no, probably not. But the thing about going to conventions is that you do have these moments of interaction with people. Uh, Holly Black remembered me from being on that panel together at World Fantasy years ago. And it gave me entree to accost her in the bar. Now, would she have been nice to me anyway? Probably, because Holly Black is a nice person. But it was good for me to be able to say, hey, Holly, I don't know if you remember me, but we were on this panel together at World Fantasy, and she said, oh, yeah, I remember that. So, you know, it's just very difficult. I know this is something I talk about a lot, but it's very difficult to put ROI on human connections. So that was very nice for me. I had a lot of good conversations with people. I was glad to make the choice not to, the, not to attend any workshops on Saturday or Sunday since I had no obligations. 
maybe couldn't have gotten into some of the panels anyway. And I was feeling bad because David was with me. I don't often have David with me at conferences. And it was good to go out and do some touring. Um, I podcasted on Saturday from the leak that we went to that was down by Blessington. Then on Sunday, we went also south of Dublin, but a bit more inland from Blessington. And I'm trying to think of what was the name of the name. Oh, we went to Carlo. We went to Carlo, stopped at a coffee shop and had coffee, and the barista was very helpful about places to park. And we ended up fishing around Carlo Town Park, which was much prettier than it sounds. That's where the picture of all the swans was. The, and, people, and because it was a Sunday, people were bringing their kids down and they were feeding the swans, and that was pretty neat. And David fished for pike uh, until it just really got too cold and rainy, and he decided that despite the barista's enthusiastic descriptions of how the pike would basically throw themselves onto his line, they did not. <laughs> Shockingly enough, and we ended up uh, calling it good. We went and had some lunch. We actually had a very basic lunch. We were going to go into a pub. We walked into one, and Sunday was the, I'm, I'm sure you all are aware, and we're glued to your television sets. Sunday was the Ireland Hurling, Hurling Championship. Yes. Well, yeah, I'm right. Yeah, so you're like, Jeffy, are you crazy trying to get into a pub during the hurling championship? And not only was it the hurling championship, but it was between Kilkenny and Tipperary. And, of course, Tipperary is quite far from Carlo, but Kilkenny, right. You are saying to me, Jeffy, Kilkenny is right next door to Carlo, and everybody is going to be down at the pub having uh, a pint and watching the championship which indeed they were. So we did not have lunch at the pub. They were actually um, a little bit aggravated that we walked in anyway. David pointed out to me after that I was the only woman in the entire place, which I hadn't noticed. He's like, how can you not notice that? And I said, you know, I think it's because I'm very often the only woman in a place. And if it's something I pay attention to, I'm just, like, not going to get through life. Kind of a, a funny perspective thing, huh? So we ended up going to what was essentially a fast food place. But one of the lovely things about Ireland is that all of their food is local. There is no big Cisco truck that delivers the processed and horribly drained food that we have in America. It's all local. So even if it's a fast food place, it's actually real cheese. And so we had we had bacon cheese fries, which is not something I would normally ever order at home, but it was real potatoes that had been freshly fried with delicious fresh bacon and actual cheddar cheese on them. And we shared those and it was wonderful. And then we went to see the rock at Drunmes. Pretty sure that's what we saw. I should look up the actual name of it. I can put it in the show notes. 
I looked it up on the map. At any rate, it was a ruined castle. It was a ruined castle from the uh, 1200s. Sorry, I'm looking for my little booklet here so I can tell you. And it was as one expects a castle to be, high up on the hill. Oh, I was close. Rock of Dunamis, which was near Portalois. I'm not sure if I'm saying these things correctly. But at any rate, it was a, had been a Norman castle up on the top of a hill. Uh, it was actually built on a dune that was much, much older, a Celtic dune. And it was really neat because you could see the outer walls and the inner walls. You could see the ruins of the bailey of the portcullis. You could still see the divots in the wall where they had put the bars to bar the doors. And it was on this very steep hillside. And it really did give me interesting ideas because I've thought before about like Edinburgh Castle is at the top of a hill. But I never realized for a smaller castle like this, like once you enter the gates, you climb up the hill to get to the gates. That, that seems reasonable to me. But I'd never thought about like once you're inside the outer walls that you might still have to climb uphill. You had to climb uphill to get to the gates for the inner walls, and then even further you had to climb uphill. So, you know, I think part of that comes from like movies and TV. We're so used to thinking of castles of their interior being like flat and paved, you know, maybe because of like the castles in France and so forth. And those are probably like later day castles. So it's interesting to think about a castle being not just the edifice, but also the walls and surrounds and how they enclose natural territory with the rocks and the grass and so forth. And so we had a lot of fun walking through there. It was raining quite a bit, of course. We decided to fish in the morning when it would be less rainy and go see things when it's because it doesn't matter to me if I want to look at ruins in the rain. So it was neat to climb around in there and look at the arrow slits, at the murder holes, to talk about defense. In this way, uh, David and I are a little bit like Harlan and Ursula. We enjoy the academic, academic discussion of how one would defend a place if one were pressed to. And it was a place so clearly built for defense. After a while, we figured out we were talking about like because neither one of us is hugely strong on history. So after a while, we figured out that uh, who they were probably defending against was actually the Celts. <laughs> that it was the, uh, if it's a Norman castle, they were occupying it and controlling the territory against them rambunctious Celts, who are our ancestors. So that was kind of an amusing conversation to have. Uh, we had a quiet evening in after that. That was Sunday evening. We live-streamed the Hugos. No way I was going to go down to that ceremony. I know a couple people questioned why I was at home, but we stopped and got a fire log and had a fire in our fireplace at the Airbnb, and we had Thai food delivered, which was excellent. 
And uh, yeah, I wasn't, I didn't want to have to sit through the Hugo ceremony in the auditorium for three hours while they had a lot of speeches. So it was nice because we had conversations and we read books and, you know, and stopped anytime they were going to actually give an award. <laughs> I'm sitting in my chair at this great BNB we found in Betty's town, and I'm in this great green leather armchair looking out over the beach below, and there's some people out there <laughs> taking a video of someone doing silly walking on the beach. I have no idea why this is a thing, but it, it made me laugh. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was Sunday night. We stayed in, and it was lovely. Oh, now the kid's trying it too. And then on Monday, we went down to the breakfast place that we'd found uh, on Grove Street. Walked down along the Grand Canal to get there. That was really nice. I like having canals and rivers through the city. That's a neat thing that we don't really have. So we had our breakfast, and then Karina and I walked down to the convention center, and I did my panel. I intended a couple. None of it was terrible. But it was clearly the tail end of the conference. I don't know if I'm going to go to Worldcon anymore. I just may not. It just feels like, I don't know, just not really a great use of my time when I could be doing other things. And I really don't think I can afford to go to New Zealand next year. It would be lovely if I could, but um, eh. I guess the uh, Australians and New Zealanders are all peeved that so many Americans in particular are saying that it's just too far to fly uh, because they're like, we always have to fly to America. And it's like, yeah, sorry, sucks for you, but we, we just don't want to have to go that far. So, and then in the afternoon, we went to the archaeology museum and got to see the peat bog bodies. And that was really something. That was amazing to see. I'm glad we did that. Uh, maybe I will use for my photo the hand. The, there was a, the hand of a man who was 6'3". And it was in, you know, he was probably a king who was sacrificed for the land. Uh, the alert listeners among you will recognize this as one of my themes but his hand with his manicured nails was curled up and so beautifully preserved. It looked like um, you expected it to move at any moment. It was extraordinary. And then David and I, after the museum, had dinner with Jennifer Udden. And that was really nice. I considered going back out with her and bar hopping in Dublin. I was really this close. I was going back and forth. And then I thought, eh, we'll just stay in. And then we packed up this morning, dropped Kareen at the airport, and David and I headed up the coast. We just um, went out to one of the coastal roads <coughs> and looked at the different villages. We stopped in Scaris and had breakfast at a place called Goat in a Boat. I had a really good sausage roll and a latte. Everywhere you go here, they have lattes. I mean, it's maybe because it's Europe, but it's so great. Nowhere is like, no, we only have coffee, which is what you would get in more rural areas of America. Everybody can make a latte. And so we had a latte and a sausage roll. It was an adorable little harbor town. Just great. 
And then we went up the coastways, looked at some different places, and we found this B&B in Betty's Town. And here I am. That brings us to this moment. David's out surf fishing on the beach. He's happy. This is an ideal setup because he can be fishing and I can be inside. And so I get to do my podcast for you all. And now I'm going to sit here and read my book and that's and have my whiskey. I did have a couple of glasses of wine with lunch. So if I am ever so slightly slurred, that's why we ate at this great bistro on the beach. So it feels as if at this point that my vacation has truly begun. You know, there's something about being at conference that conferences work and it just never feels like being on vacation, even if I have a day or two off of the conference itself. So now I am, um, yeah, sitting here in my armchair watching the swallows and watching the beach. A little bit later, I'm going to go walk on the beach and then we'll probably have dinner in the pub downstairs. So pretty nice life if you can get it, right? Hope you all are doing well. I do miss summertime, but it's uh, this is very nice. It's nice to get out of Dublin and see the ocean. Uh, be out in the more rural area. It's good for both of us. We're happier for it. So perhaps I will talk to you all tomorrow over another first cup of whiskey. Oh, that's it. That's the thing I was going to tell you. The Jameson here is better than the Jameson in America. I may have to fill my suitcase. Um, apparently, for distribution reasons, because liquor like Jameson doesn't travel well, they have it distilled in local places. So it's like distilled in America somewhere. I don't know where. But so the different water and so forth really affects the flavor. The Jameson here is so smooth, you guys. So delightful. So yeah, totally in my happy place. I hope you are too. And I will talk to you later. Take care. Bye-bye.